Hey, what's up? This is Mike Henneberger, author of Rock Bottom at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City. And you are listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 192 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news, and I mean all of it. Holy crap tonight. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Samatora. And we're cutting into my sleep time. Yo, it's 9.15 p.m. on Thursday night, June 25th. You're hearing this at 6 a.m. on June 26th. We love you. That's all I can say is we love you. And we're going to have a big episode tonight, and we're recording mega late. Yeah, it's it's good. I, I got my dog by my feet, so... Let's rock and roll. I'm not a nighttime person, so this is different for me, staying up this late to record a podcast. And and we have a ton of news, and we'll start off by really quickly just recapping an interview we just had with Mike Henneberger, author of, and we've talked about it in the show before, Rock Bottom at the Renaissance, an emo kid's journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City, available now at rockbottombook.com. Uh, we just had an interview with him an hour and 15 minutes. It was sick. It's going to drop Monday, June 29th. You've heard his intro in the beginning of this podcast. Um, We've talked about it when it went live on pre-order. I gave my early impressions. And later on this episode, I'm going to give it my review. Uh, It was a really fun, albeit really dark, interview. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make this one, but I can't wait to listen to it. It was a lot of fun. So thanks for Mike. for coming on the show, and thank you to Big Picture Media, as always, for setting up the interview. We appreciate you. Shout out to Gabriella at BPM. So tonight, we have our picks of the week. Uh, mine's going to shock you and Sam. Uh, trivia, seven for me, five and a half for Sam, and our race to 11 win by two. Sam's going to start the hosting duties in the gaming space. We've been starting a lot with gaming just because there's so much damn news. It's summertime. This is when all the gaming news happens. Uh, And quite frankly, movies aren't happening right now, and TV shows are a little slow in the news as well. But we do have a huge story in movies. has to do with the Flashpoint film. We're going to talk a lot about that. I know Sam is super hyped about that. I'm not going to lie. Me too. Uh, Then we have some stuff in television as well, uh, including some impressions of a couple of different shows. And then again, my review of Rock Bottom at the Renaissance before Sam's CGC Spotlight. And we will get on out of here. But let's start, as always, with our picks of the week. So my pick of the week, I was scrolling on Netflix the other day. Came about, came upon this film. I don't know if you've seen it. It was called Train to Busan. Have I've heard of it? it. I've absolutely heard of it. So it came out in 2016. It's a foreign film, so it was only available in English subtitles. It's ba- It mostly takes place on a train, like the name. But it's a zombie apocalypse that just suddenly breaks out and just goes across the country and just obviously threatens everyone on on the train. And I think it's my favorite um, zombie movie I've ever seen. I This one I just saw, and I, for whatever reason, I fell in love. It's just under two hours on Netflix. Um, I know that they made, like a, a month or two later, they made a, um, an animated prequel called uh, cl station i never saw that but I, I checked it wasn't on netflix so i had to look into it but i just happened i was very happy to find out that they're making a sequel that actually it's supposed to come out in july but i don't know about the virus and, and it's supposed to comes out in south korea so i don't know if that's gonna you know 
delayed or not, but I know that was four years after this event. Like, I guess it just demolished the whole lands around it. But I just kind of thought this whole, everyone involved between the family, the actors, the kid actors, I thought everything was well done. He needed a zombie apocalypse movie, Train to Busan on Netflix. Subtitles were like easy enough to read. Yeah, that yeah. It, didn't it, was, it was fun. They, they gave you plenty of time to see what's going on and be able to read. Good. That's great. That's how you know a good foreign language film with subs is going to work. Like that's how I think about Parasite. The subtitles never distract from the movie. And in fact, it probably makes it better. Um, my pick of the week, I never thought would be my pick of the week. I never thought I'd enjoy this movie as much as I did. I never thought it would be at this time in the discussion for my top three. I don't think it'll make the list and I don't think it's on the list now. It's somewhere in the three to like seven range, but for some reason I really enjoyed it. And of course I'm talking about birds of prey. Oh, wow. I, and oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And the emancipation, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Um, I really liked it. I, and I don't know exactly why I want to say Ewan McGregor was like 40% of the reason. And I want to say that Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn was so not as annoying as she was in suicide squad. Um, and I really, I, I don't know. I really, really liked it. I mean, it did have great flight choreography. I know I said that in the past. It had its good few scenes. You know, again, I just nitpick some of the costumes and see that's where I, that's where I didn't have to because I don't know about the like comic book lore. I don't know. I I will say it was the old Casey Jones effect that I didn't like. Is like you make Stephen Amell Casey Jones and you never show him with his mask on because it's Stephen Amell and he's a gorgeous man. You want to see him with his face. I feel like they did the same thing with you and McGregor in Black Mask. You see him in the full mask like twice. Yeah, literally, you got two two scenes with it. And it's like, damn. and one was like a flashback. So, yeah. I, I, that's the part where I was like, ah, I really wish it wasn't you and McGregor the villain. I really thought, I really wish it was Black Mask. But when he was on the screen, he really, he was so twisted. It did captivate me. I really liked his portrayal of the character. And they, again, I don't have the the comic book connection to like Huntress or uh, I forget the cop. Uh, I can't remember who she becomes. Renee Montoya. Yeah, I, I, I can't. She becomes eventually the question. Thank you. So, like, I don't have that. I don't even know that. So, like, I don't have those ties to it. So, I just went into it as a very casual admirer and came out of it a fan wanting to know more. I really enjoyed it. I thought that the comedy um, wasn't wonderful, but it also wasn't as... Uh, what's the word like cringy as suicide squad. Like I will never ever get out of my head. What is that? That stench of death. I know I use that all the time, but it was so bad here. They maybe overplayed the egg sandwich thing, but I thought it was cool. I thought it was cute. I liked it. Uh, the, the violence was a little bit more violent than I anticipated. The language was a little bit more raunchy that I anticipated. So I think those things surprised me and, and I just enjoyed it overall. It was just like a turn your brain off, kind of enjoy this action packed film. Yeah, and, and this one is mainly I can just kind of appreciate Margot's commitment of to Harley Quinn. Of I watched a lot of behind the scenes of her doing her own stunts. Like she's a badass. Like she did a lot of cool stuff. So I mean, you get the crew with John Wick. I mean, you're you're bound to do good stuff. So I can appreciate the movie 
And I'm just glad to hear that you're loving a DC movie. Well, they, and I think this is true. They brought in the John Wick team after and reshot the action scenes to make them more punchy. Yeah, so, it, it, might, it might have been because they, they probably realized, like, shit, we need a little bit, we need, you know, a little punch. Yeah. Punch and line. so, so I, I want to say, like, I almost am, I'd like to see what they would have been without that team, just like a, what the fuck? But I'm very glad that that happened because we got what we got. And and again, I just enjoyed it. Maybe upon a second watch, maybe I will start to pick up things and maybe I won't as much. But like my hour and 45 minutes, I was fine. I felt really good after watching that movie. So um, let's move into trivia, however. Uh, it is seven for me, five and a half for you, our race to 11, win by two. And I want to give you the question first to see the, if you can kind of climb back in the race here as we get to the home stretch of our trivia challenge. It, it is a birds of prey question. Um, and it is a birds of prey movie question in the birds of prey film. Harley Quinn leaves the police precinct and she sees a wanted poster on the wall of a member of the suicide squad from the 2018 movie or 2016 movie. What member of the suicide squad was on that poster? It's got to be two. I'll go dead shot. Incorrect. Now, Boom, Captain Boomerang. Correct. Yeah, it was. It was one or the other. I just. I just went with my gut. Deadshot was on my list of choices. So my list of choices were Deadshot, Captain Boomerang. It was a picture of herself or Killer Croc. Nah, I felt like that was the only two. Like they were the two names that popped in my head. I just, you know, if I was ask Will Smith, let's go with it. That's where, I, and I. Almost thought they'd have had the balls to put a picture of Will Smith in the movie just to fuck with people. But I also feel like if people caught that, they would have had to pay him. So that's that's why it was probably Jai Courtney because he was probably like, yeah, you can fucking use it. I'm Spartacus anyway. Well, um, I'm, what's his name? Varro? Yeah, yeah Varro. Yeah. What I'm known for. All right, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's switch it over here. What's the name of the female bandicoot who appears in the first game bonus stage? Uh, in In Crash? Yeah. Oh God. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I need the answers. Okay, you got A Coco, B Crush, C Laura, D Tony. Coco. I, that was my guess. Also incorrect. It's Tony. Hmm. Yep. I said the same exact thing. Is Coco? I guess the one from Crash Warped. I thought Coco was yeah, like. In- yeah. I, dude, it has to be because I said Coco. Because that's when I read the question. It said the first game. I was like, okay, I guess that was another female Bandicoot then. Yeah, and then they made Coco playable. She's going to be playable in Crash yeah. Four as well. Yeah, so so, so that, that's why I thought that it kind of tripped me up. So that was, was like, good. Oh, I, wonder, I wonder if we'll trip trip Greg up also. So, that's a good so. question. So yeah. we we made no movement. May God have mercy on our souls. Seven yeah. for me, five and a half for you. As we move into our gaming section, and I'll start it off here because I haven't played it yet. I'm still working my way through the first game for the second or third time, second time, because I wanted to re-familiarize myself with the world and the story, but you recently beat the first Last of Us, and now you're on The Last of Us Part 2. Give us your very early impressions of the game, staying completely away from spoilers of this game or the first one. Gotcha. So I was lucky. Amazon, like they gave it to me on Saturday, so I basically played the shit out of it Saturday. Good part, good chunk on Sunday. Because during the week, I'm on the final week of this class I'm taking for work. So I really haven't had a time to sink my teeth into a lot of it was on the weekend. But I'm 15 and a half hours. Holy shit. Gameplay. Game <laughs> oh, my God. That's how uh, that you could beat the first game in that amount of time. 
Yeah, I mean, hey, the way I look at it, it's like, you know, we're quarantined. It's like, I'm doing what I'm told. I'm being good. I'm just playing last of this. It, it's still, you know, it, 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 I would say it still packs that. Emotional? Heavy? Yeah, it, 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 it definitely packs a punch. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't know if it's going to be like the first one, but it, it definitely packs a punch. Um, well, the first one, the first one fucks you up from the get go. So it's like, that's a tough act to follow. Yeah. And I'll just say like, it's again, it's another brutal game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gory. It's bloody violence. I, I actually really love um, the fighting mechanics. I think it's kind of, a, you know, it's kind of the same, but improved a lot of what the first one, what you couldn't do. And this one just kind of gives it like that little bit added feature of, you know, I don't know. I like to, I try to be the assassin. So, so you're I'm, a stealth you know, guy. I'm, I'm the stealth dude. I think I got like at least over 30 stealth kills already. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm it's, it's, it's fun to me. It reminds me of like Metal Gear Solid or something back in the day. Sure. And so it's like, to me, that's fun. It's like, but then you're able to do like put silence or like make like a water bottle thing and like a little silencer thing. And, like it's all like these little features that are just like it. You're just drawn to the game. Um, people, yeah, I saw I saw hate on Twitter. Like you're always going to see hate. Like it's getting re- it's getting review bombed. There's it's a 95 on Metacritic from critics, but it's a 3.5 from users because it's getting bombed by negative reviews by people who gave it one star 30 minutes after the game came out. Like you really didn't play it. You're just doing it to to jump on that cool train. So do not listen to Metacritic on this one trust it and play it for yourself or listen to Sam because I trust his impressions. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know. Did you see like the reason why people are, are, are bitching and I'm staying away from everything because I don't want spoilers of the first one either. So I'm staying away. I have not heard a thing yet. I think I did by accident, but I almost wasn't paying attention. So I'm like trying to convince myself that I didn't hear what I heard. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, all, all I would say, like, you have to keep playing. Like, don't, don't read a review or read a Reddit or whatever. Like, experience it for yourself. Let the game speak for itself. I mean, it, it's so vast. Like, there's so much detail done to the game. And, and I would say, you know, like, there, there, like, I would say during the beginning, you could hear my PS4. It, it was like firing on all, all cylinders. <laughs> like, I, I, I felt like, it had to get used to the game, but like I feel like after hour like maybe eight, it 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 kind of like, I felt like it got used to it and just like got quiet. But like I felt like in the beginning, it just had like it almost like my PS4 had to warm up to it. <laughs> but but it, it got loud. I definitely had to raise the volume on my like just my, on my like soundbar just to drown out my PS4. But I, I, I'm I'm really enjoying the game. I, I think it's a uh, it was definitely worth the wait. And, you know, and again, I'm 15 hours. I don't, I don't know how much more I have left. Like, I saw IGN members, it took them 23 to 43 hours to complete. So it's like, I don't know where I fall on that map because, you know, sometimes I take my time and I'm that stealth killer. So, and I, I like to make sure I kill everyone. I don't like to sneak by too many people unless I'm like a smidge of health left, then I will. But. I, I play the same way, especially the first one. I've actually, I am generally the guns blazing this time though. Um, in the first game, there's a room with two infected and a clicker pretty early on. And I died like 11 times trying to run and gun. So I changed it up a little bit and I went stealth and I beat it the first time I got through the room. So I said, you know what? I'm going to change the way I play, uh, this game and, and really try to be stealthy. Cause I'm not good with, with, uh, conserving ammo. So let me try to be that player. And it's worked out. I actually think I enjoy playing the stealthy way better. 
and it adds like a little more like you know uh like thrill to the game like your yeah. own suspense and at least in this like I, i'm playing on moderate so mm-hmm. you know ammo's you know it's not readily available so it's like you, you kind of want to you know use that ammo very you know cautiously so that's why i'll i'll melee as many people i can if i find stuff i'll i'll you know sharpen and i'll do whatever i have to do even the bow and arrow i've i've gotten a lot of kills so yeah it's 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 a really cool dynamic. Yeah, I actually um, I'm playing the first game now on not grounded, but the one before grounded. So I think that's just hard. But I'm playing okay. that, and that's it's just a, it's brutal. The second one, I don't know. Like the first time I go through a game, I don't mind going through it on easy just to experience the story and then replaying it on harder. I think I'll go moderate as well for the Last of Us Part Two because it's such a long game. Um, I'm, yeah, because I think the way they have it, it's like easy, extra. You know, it's like super easy, easy. Then it's moderate. Then it's like hard. Yeah. Then really hard. I like, wonder. You know, me, me thinks. Me, th- I see the one cool part about what you said, and it's not a spoiler, but I did not know this was because uh, there is at least to where I'm at, and I don't remember if the first time I played the Last of Us, I got one. There is no silencer, at least to where I'm at, and the silencer that I use is the bow and arrow. And you, yeah. would, you no, no. Would, I, 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 in the first one, to my knowledge, that was never there. Yeah. And so, I think like, you said in this one, you put a water bottle up to your pistol to make it silence. That's a fucking great touch. Yeah. So it's like, and you build this, like this little thing here to put it, you know, like, I think it takes like three or four bullets and it like blows up or something. But it's like, when you're trying to be quiet, you're in a pinch, dude, it works. That's really, so, really like, cool. They, they, they added quite a, you know, quite a few cool, cool things like, like when you're upgrading your gun, like she's actually fixing it or like it's it, it's pretty cool. I, I think as long as you like the first one, I think, I th- you know, do you don't have listen to, to the haters. Just just play the second one and, and, and enjoy it for yourself. Do you have to have played the first one to get it? Like, can you jump in at number two? Well, I, I, I think that you you have to play the first one. Good. OK. You so know, I mean, it's like I'm, 10 bucks, right? It's 10 bucks right now. It's not a big deal. Yeah, and I'm I'm just not one to jump in the middle of anything. Like I'm I'm a completist, so it's like I, I want to start at one. Yeah, uh, I know you're only we maybe halfway, maybe not uh, into this game right now. Fifteen and a half hours, which I expected like four to five. So hell yeah. Um, do you yeah, and think? I, and I haven't really told you like anything. I don't, and so I don't I, even I, want I, to know. I've, I've been trying to be as vague and quiet as I can. We we will get to the spoilers on this game eventually. Uh, once other people have a chance to play it a little bit more now, uh, do you believe at this point of the story that this could be a contender for not just your top three, but maybe even potentially number one spot? I mean, I could, I could definitely see it. I could see this game being on a lot of people's top three. I don't know if, you know, to say anything's like a perfect game is, is, you know, it's almost impossible. Yeah. But I mean, I I would say it's 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 up there. Like obviously, I don't play the whole game, but I would say you're definitely probably in the eight nine range. That's kind of where I'm at right now. But I'm I'm really really enjoying this game. Hey, I just I beat the Isle of Armor DLC. Uh, nah, nice, yes, nice. yesterday. Take a guess at my playtime for Pokemon Shield. The whole game. Every, my entire total playtime up to now. Fifty hours. You're close. Ninety nine and a half. Oh my god! <laughs> now, now remember, I have spent hours upon hours shiny hunting, 
So no, no, no. Oh, dude, I was like, oh, we're still quarantined. So it's like, you know, I, I know you're up crazy hours. So oh no, I I was at I was at eighty one before the Isle of Armor. So I was I was no eighty three. I was at eighty three before the Isle. Of Armor. So I put sixteen hours into the Isle of Armor. I have done everything but one thing. I you have to find one hundred and fifty one diglet hidden in the ground, and I only have one hundred and one. So. I have 50 more Diglett to find, and then I will 100% complete the DLC. Actually, I have two more Pokemon to find, too. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, thank you. I'm almost at 100 hours. That I haven't put 100 hours into a game in many, many, many years. So, um, I only put 83 into Sun and Moon, and I thought I played the fuck out of that. But it's great to hear that you are enjoying The Last of Us Part 2. It's great to hear that you're 15 and a half hours in, and, and before this pod, even wanted to play more before we started. So, uh, that's great to hear. That gives me hope that, you know, these these negative reviews that are rolling in are just because people are stunted and, um, you know, they have different agendas or they just, hey, listen, some of them could have legitimate problems. And I am excited to play this to see uh, what they could be. I understand yeah. it's very difficult to follow a story like that. And to, and especially when you're doubling the length of the first game. Um, so I, I get that. I would imagine there's some padding in there and some stuff that you could probably cut out, but I'll experience that for myself. And pro- I'll probably start it the next four to five days when I beat yeah. the first and one. And I, w- I would tell everyone, like, if you bought the first one, like I, I think you always have to pick up the second one. So like it, it it's definitely worth the, the 60 in tax worth. Yeah. It's, so like, my, my, my plan is to, you know, God willing, pass the class tomorrow and then basically hopefully beat it this weekend because that, that's kind of my goal is – I'll be down the shore, so that is a problem. I will not have my PS4 there. You're good for a little time, boy. Let me let me enjoy my new game. No, no, no boardwalk for us though. That is not happening. And we're going to a beach that's 46 miles long to the water, so we'll have plenty of place to social distance on the beach. But uh, smart man, yeah. So a nice little getaway for the weekend. We'll come back Tuesday. I'm psyched. But no, yeah. I'll probably start the game when I get back because um, I want to finish this tonight tomorrow and Saturday before I leave. I need to finish this game before I leave. Simple as that. Yeah. I'm glad you're loving it though. And, and uh, everybody out there, last of us Two, it's out now. It's selling like hotcakes in Japan. It's the number one selling PS4 exclusive of all time in the UK. I believe it's, it has passed bloodborne and uncharted Four as well as the number yep, one. I saw, it, it did. I saw so, that as well. I don't think United States sales figures have come out yet, but I'd have to imagine where there's smoke. Um, and that yeah. will probably be up there. If, if not number one, it'll be right up there with the God of Wars, the Spider-Mans, the, uh, the Uncharted's. Hey, just glad it's doing good after all, all these years that people waited for the sequel. Yep. So next up, we got a couple impressions. We got the Star Wars ep- episode one racer on switch. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, um, just like you remember it. It's only 15 bucks. Which if you if I were to buy the N64 cart, I'd be like, it's 15 bucks. Fuck that. It's an N64 game. I don't pay more than $10 for any N64 game. But uh, unless it's like Stadium or Paper Mario. Um, but anyway, it's 15 bucks. I kind of thought it was going to be 20 or 25 because Switch tends to do that. So I was very pleasantly surprised. I had gold points from uh, other games and stuff. So every gold point is a penny. I had like 300 gold points or something like that. So I got it for like 12 bucks um, and I pop it on and I put it on the TV as opposed to handheld mode because I wanted to see everything visually this game had to offer. And I'm very glad I did. When I tell you it's an, it's an N64 game in HD, 
I don't mean they've remastered the graphics to make it look like a, a new game. They've literally taken the N64 assets and just made them in high definition. So it's blocky. The draw distance is terrible. You can't see shit. The characters well, look like and, garbage. Well, like, we, we knew that was coming, though. Right, we did. But it's yeah. all in HD. So it's like the funniest looking HD thing you could ever imagine. And it just adds to the charm. They didn't even make the cutscenes HD. They kept them the N64 graphics and the frame rate that they played at. So it's like really choppy. But then you get into a, awesome. but then you get into a race and it's silk. It's silky smooth. Um it's it looks really good because again it's an it's a high res N64 game so it looks good it plays great the controls are simple enough that you can get used to them very quickly it's like a game that's easy to pick up and difficult to master um, and the difficulty spike is real the first four or five races were I could have done it with my eyes closed and came in first place crashed my vehicle thirty three times and I still would across the finish line but then you hit race like five or six. And I am on my fourth go around and I can't even place in the top four. So it's and you need to place in the top four to go on. So oh, dude, I, I, I said this before. I remember this game being one of the hardest racing games that I ever played. It seriously spikes so rapidly that it's a little jarring. Like, that's the one part I'm like, I thought this was the novice tournament. I'd expect this in the other no, two no, tournaments. Dude, I remember this whole game from yeah. the game. I don't know if I even ever beat it, but I remember as, as long as I played, I was like, this is hard as shit. Like most missions took me multiple times to beat. I am not Anakin either. I can't, I don't know the character's name that I am, but I did not pick Anakin as my racer. Um, it's, it's a really fun, the, the, there's another weird thing. I would like some clarity on from the listeners. So if, if anybody's out there listening and play the game or, or knows the original, or heck, maybe you do. There's a part where you can upgrade your vehicle. There's a part where you can buy parts. And then there's the junkyard where you can buy parts. No, I yeah. think the junkyard, you trade in your old part and it get you get credit. The other two, I don't think that happens. But like there's three different places that you can go to a garage and update your vehicle. And I would just like to know why and the difference between them. I, n- I noticed that some places you get better parts than others and more expensive. So maybe that's it. But like to me, that seemed a little much. Just give yeah, me the I junkyard. I, I, I kind of remember like you have to do a few things or, or like you said, you go to one to be cheaper or something. I do kind of remember that, but it, it's been a while. But and who the hell knows? They were they were the first freaking game that they were they were thinking of doing. I think his name's like Wado. I think his name's Wado. The the winged thing in the junkyard was like, oh, this will get very good. Uh, I, he's very prominent. He's very prominent in that game. Uh, And then all the racers that you go against, they all have like one liners, uh, as you like pass them. But when the race starts and you're going from a glass to first real quick, uh, off the gate, every single one of them says their line at one time. So it's like a little jarring because you have seven different dudes just going like, Oh, I mean, I'm like, what, what are you all saying? I have couldn't hear a word. Uh, but every time you, you uh cross like a new lap and you beat your previous time the narrator comes on and he goes it's a new lap record and uh that's kind of been stuck in my head because it happens all the time but like yeah that does the funniest part is i am in second place in this one race for two full laps and i cross the finish line and he goes it's a new lap record and i'm like but i didn't win the guy in front of me was ahead of me the whole time, so he'd have gotten the fucking record. Not me. He beat me, uh, clearly. And he was in front of me when the lap started, so there's no way I was faster than him, but I got the record. A little weird there, 
but it's a 20 year old game. So willing to forgive it. You'll take it. Yeah. Willing to forgive it overall, 15 bucks, uh, really good value, really fun game, hard as hell pretty quickly, but it's still enjoyable. It doesn't feel frustrating. And it is also available on PlayStation four and, you know, N 64. Yeah. I'm going to pick it up. Definitely. I hope you do. It's really good. Next up, we have the Pokemon Cafe Mix Impression. This was from the last week, uh, last week's Pokemon Presents presentation. It was right after the toothbrushing game and right before Snap. So everybody kind of forgets it. But it is the mobile slash switch game where you own a cafe where Pokemon come to and you got to make them lattes. And uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Ne- I never thought I'd I, – of course I'm going to play it because it's free to start and then you buy things if you – fail missions and you can buy the hearts to replenish them and play more and stuff. It's just like Peggle on my phone. I never once spent a dime and I beat the whole thing because I would just wait the four hours for the game to reset itself and then just play again. So this is a puzzle game. Uh, Pokemon, like the little Pokemon heads go into the glass that you're making the drink and you got to figure out the puzzles by swirling them around. It is a little bit deeper than I thought it would be. Like there's sugar cubes for tea and you have to, get all the Pokemon heads and swirl them around the cubes. And then if there's, if they touch the cube, they break it a little bit. And if the head doesn't touch it, you basically did it for nothing. Um, And there's, you only have 10 turns to beat it. And there are clear conditions and high scores and, and like there's special moves and each Pokemon has its ability. So like Charmander, he's got fire breath. So he's really good at heating the beverages. Like it's actually really well thought out in that regard. The art style is really cute. And for a free-to-start, free-to-play game, what what more do you want? It is, uh, from my estimation, only touchscreen. You cannot play it on the TV. You can only play in handheld because you it doesn't even let you play with buttons. They literally took all the mobile stuff and just put it on the Switch. Um, but you know what? For literally paying $0, I am on puzzle number 14 out of 100, I think. I've only lost once. It's not the hardest game in the world. But um, I think the, the Pokemon sprites are super cute. I love that I recruited a Schnubble and a Pikachu and a Charmander and a fucking Minchino to my little cafe. And like little Timbers built me an outdoor extension. And like it, it's it's neat. I'm not going to call it great by any means. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something different. It's like you said, it, it's free. If you want to try it, there it is. If not, you know, you don't have to talk shit. Just pop, but you know, Pokemon's been killing it in the last couple of years. So I think that they deserve a little, here's a little freebie tester. And, and if it's not for you, just say, okay, move that, on. That's Next. it. And, and guess what? It's on mobile too. So you don't even have to have a switch to play it. It's worth your time. If nothing else for like, when you take a shit, you can play it on your phone and yeah. it's a pretty good time passer. So <clears throat> for what it is, I enjoy it again. It's not like, the greatest game ever made, but it's for what it is. I I'm having fun. I really am. Oh, that's awesome. Next up, we got the Pokemon presents recap. Yeah, this was this week's Pokemon presents. And last week at the end of it, um, <clears throat> uh, Ishihara said next week, tune in for another Pokemon presents where we're going to have another huge game reveal. And immediately I texted you and said, we're getting gen four remakes or we're getting let's go Johto. And oh, you were swinging for defenses. I was swinging for defenses, just like everyone else on the planet. And then, as the week went by, struck him. Nintendo didn't retweet it, and they retweeted the last one. And 
Like all these little things were happening where you're like, why wouldn't Nintendo, if they're going to announce stuff on Switch, like retweet this? They always do, but they didn't. And like little things started to happen where people were going back in the past and like looking up old Pokemon announcements. And one of them, I think from 2018 or 19, was Pokemon announced a partnership with Tencent, the Chinese company who owns, I believe, um, it's not League of Legends. I can't remember. Or maybe it is League of Legends. And they own that and they own a piece of Facebook now and they own like all this other stuff. They're a huge company in, in China and they partner with, with Pokemon company and they're working on a mobile game. So everybody was like, guys, that's what this is going to be. It's not going to be detective Pikachu on switch. Like they announced last year and never talked about, it's not going to be Pokemon home and it's not going to be a main series thing, but you give us seven days to wait and promise a huge announcement. Like the hype meter is going to go through the roof. It's just, that's what it's going to be. And then he gets on and he says, take a look at this video. And then they start this video and it's Pokemon Stadium. And you're like, oh my God, it's a new stadium. And then they cut to the trading card game. And like, oh my God, they're putting the trading card game on Switch. Nope. And then they're just showing up through this and this and this and this and this. And look at all the cool shit we've done in the past. And you're like, holy fuck, like get to the announcement already. And it's going to be awesome. And then they're like, well, here's a new way to battle. And I'm like, fuck, this is not Pokemon Stadium three or whatever uh they are doing a 5v5 league of legends style team battle moba uh, multiplayer online battle arena and and it's going to be called pokemon unite and it definitely united the fans it united the fans to hate this thing uh everybody hates it there's it's the most disliked video on pokemon's youtube in the history of youtube uh, and it's only 48 hours old. It's got 200,000-ish dislikes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's definitely not up our alley because we don't play them games. But, you know, we, we just the next time we got to learn just to keep our hype meter in check. It's, it's honestly, though, like I actually applaud them for getting into the MOBA market. We've wanted an MMO or an RP, like an open world RPG for a long time. So this is like a step in the right direction that they're getting out of the lanes they've been in fuck you can brush your teeth and catch pokemon now so like they're they're expanding their horizons so like i'm actually excited for that and i was talking to your nephew and i said like this is totally a game i will never like play i'll put my two hours into it because again it's free uh to start you don't have to pay a cent for it unless you want to get into the the whatever the transactions in the game will be but like I said, you know what? I'll put my two, three hours into it. It won't be for me, but I can really see myself getting into the tournaments and watching this online where like the pros play this as long as I know what the fuck is going on, because I can also see myself being so lost uh, that I have no interest, which is why I don't watch League of Legends or play it or anything. Yeah, like, same. Man, I don't, none, none. like I said, it's, it's not a cup of tea. This to me, with it being League of Legends and with it being Timmy and Tencent, I think that this was Pokemon, the Pokemon company's attempt to break into China. That's what I really think this was. But guess what? America has a really big MOBA fan base. And so let's let's kind of like uh, mask it and say that, oh, this is for you. But in reality, I really think it's just a way for Pokemon to expand into China. Um, we'll see. But it is in the MOBA space now. And, and again, I said it on Twitter. I'll say it here is... This is not Game Freak that who develops the main series Pokemon games. There's a lot of people that think this is Game Freak. Like, no, they didn't send a team of that was working on Sword and Shield to do this or anything like that. This is the Pokemon company. 
that's who is in charge of Pokemon. Nintendo doesn't even own the Pokemon company. They're a second party for uh, studio. So that they just happen to be on exclusive platforms of Nintendo um, and, and mobile, obviously. But that this is the Pokemon company's call, not Game Freak. And this is, again, a free to play game. It's one of those things where, listen, download it. It's on Switch and mobile. So download it. If you don't like it, delete it and move on with your life. There is no reason to trash this and give it 2,000 downvotes without you even knowing, having played it. Like that to me doesn't make a lot of sense. I sound like I'm like a Pokemon defender, which I kind of am, but like this ain't for me, but okay, fine. Am I let down? Am I disappointed at the announcement? Yes. Am I going to trash them for it? No, because Sword and Shield was my game of the year last year and I've put 100 hours into it. You know what I mean? Like there are worse yeah, things. Yeah, it's, in the it's world. only your life. It's, it's there are worse things in the world than getting a freaking Pokemon MOBA. This will be popular. It will have a massive audience. There will be esports tournaments about it. They will bring it into the Pokemon World Championships. I will watch it, and that's fine. And that's it. I'm cool with watching it. I won't play it, but I'm okay with it. Would I have liked Let's Go Johto or Diamond and Pearl remakes or Stamp or Stadium Three? Yes, yes, but we didn't get it. Let's move on and let's bring on the next fucking Nintendo Direct whenever that's going to be because I'm clamoring now. I'm ready for one. I need hype in my life. Let's go. Let's go. Well, speaking of a new game coming out, next up, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time has officially been unveiled for an October 2nd release. Do you remember last week on the podcast where I came in in the middle of it and I said, hey, Sam, I have a really big feeling that a Crash Bandicoot game, and it wasn't in the notes, said that a Crash Bandicoot game is going to be announced and really soon. Yeah. How about 24 hours later? Uh, Hashtag nailed it. Um, it, Number one, perfect title. Absolutely love it. On Friday, we got screenshots all of a sudden saying Crash 4 is real. It's going to be called It's About Time. Here's the box art. It's made by Toys for Bob, not Vicarious Visions, who did the Insane Trilogy, and are now doing the Tony Hawk remaster. Toys for Bob did the Spyro uh, Reignited Trilogy remaster, so in good hands there. And then Jeff Keighley says, Monday morning, be ready for a game reveal. And everybody's like, this is going to be Crash. So over the weekend, they said, yeah, you're right. Let's just tune in for Crash. It's totally going to be Crash. So they like told us over Father's Day weekend, yeah, Monday morning, you're getting Crash 4. And then they pull the announcement out 11 a.m. on Monday morning. And then you see Crash Bandicoot in a, a dude in a Crash Bandicoot suit on with a mask quarantining with Jeff Keighley. It was so funny. It was perfect. And that reveal trailer was gorgeous. Yeah, it, it, it looked like they just completely polished up the games. It looks zany. It looks wild. It looks like I'm sure it's going to be hard as shit. It's going to be fun. And I obviously day one by. You go through time, you play as Crash, you play as Coco, you play as Cortex. Yeah, I did see. I was like, wow, that's a nice add-on to that. And he's got like a platform gun where you can, and like a hover pack, I think, or something. It it looks super wild. It goes from like a 2D perspective to a 3D perspective to running into the camera, classic Crash, where you run down the level with something chasing you um, like a dinosaur this time. Like it's, it's got all the Crash gameplay you want from the, like go just go up levels to left and right to finding secrets to like you said hardest shit platforming it looks like it's got a story to tell like it really looked like it took a lot of cues from ratchet and clank um 
and from a visual perspective and also I am assuming a storytelling perspective because they're both about like time and manipulation yeah. of time. But like you said, great title because not only is it about time, it's literally been 20 years. It's about friggin' time. Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad to see that it's coming on PS4 rather than just wait for the PS5. So it's good that we'll get it just in case we don't get the uh, the first release of the PS5. Yeah, PS4, Xbox One. I don't know about PC, but uh, no Nintendo Switch at this time. Um, but October 2nd, originally it was October 9th, but it looks like it'll be October 2nd. I have pre-ordered it. It is a full $60 game. Uh, it is coming from Amazon. Hopefully, it'll be here the day it releases because I'm very much looking forward to playing some Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, I'll be putting my order in soon. And according to Eurogamer, the long-awaited next game from Rocksteady is not a Superman game, but a Suicide Squad game called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League and has already been in development for several years. Which is nuts. Um, that they kept that quiet. That, well, that and, it's, and it's technically still quiet. I mean, Eurogamer is just saying that, listen, we have a scoop and this is what it is. There's been no official announcement. We've been waiting for the next Rocksteady game since Arkham Knight came out. And that was in 2015. Well, we've been waiting. That's five years since we've heard a literal peep from Rocksteady. And all this time, everybody thought it was going to be a Justice League game or a Superman game. And now, yeah, I would say I would say mainly Superman. That's why I've been here. At least we've been here for the last couple of weeks. And now you are telling us that it could be a Suicide Squad game. Now featuring the Justice League a little bit, especially if the title holds true. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, but to like flip that on its head and play the villains, uh, I think that's really interesting. And to have multiple characters to pick from, I'm assuming each chapter you play as a different. Uh, like a different villain, set of characters. something like that. Like I could see that. Um, that's like the Mortal Kombat injustice storytelling, which is okay. But I, it's rock steady. It's DC. It's a perfect marriage made in heaven. I'm kind of glad it's not a Superman game because it's a little bit more variety. But it does make me a little sad because I think a Superman game nowadays could work really well. No, I, I agree. I, I still hope one day we do get that open world Superman game. But I think, you know, this is a, a little curveball here with the Suicide Squad. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they come up with. Good tie in with the movie, too, especially if this game's been in development for years. We could oh, get yeah. this in 21 or 22 and uh, kind of right on the heels of James Gunn's Suicide Squad. That's a good marriage. Yeah, I agree. Good planning. We're getting a new batch of skaters and a Tony Hawk remaster. Yeah, so uh, it was just unveiled that uh, the warehouse demo. It's going to be available August 14th if you've pre-ordered the game digitally, so on the PlayStation Store or the Xbox Store, not physically. But you can get access to the warehouse demo starting August 14th. And that it's not just going to be the classic roster because they did just unveil Jeff Rally as well. But uh, it's actually going to be a batch of new skaters too. So literally tons of skaters to be able to choose from. You have Nyjah Houston. You have Leticia Buffoni. You have Tony Hawk's son, Riley. You have a lot of skaters from this era uh, that the kids go nuts over. And uh, it's nice to know. Now, me, I'm only probably going to be playing this game with the original characters unless there is like an achievement or a trophy for beating the game with everybody, which I assume there will be. Um, or, that, or their special trick is banging. The, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just such a Tony Hawk nut job that I might just 
play it through with everybody anyway, because like with Streets of Rage 4, I've beaten that game like 11 times now with all different wow. characters. I have not beaten it once with the same character yet. So maybe that's what it is. Here's what I'm hoping for. And then we can move on unless you have anything else you want to add. That every character is not available at the beginning and you have to unlock them by playing the game. That's the best yep. way to unlock it. Old school. Them. Yep, old school. I hate this like you unlocked it by buying it or you unlock it by whatever. That's what Smash does so well. They start you out with eight characters and now you're at 81 just because you keep playing. Like that's what I want. I want to skate and I want to get 2 million points. And because I did that, I get Nyjah Houston. Or because I got all the things done in two minutes, I want to unlock Leticia Buffoni or something like that. Give us like unlockable skaters, not just Officer Dick and Spider-Man and Ollie the Bum. Uh, I'm talking like these people, these new skaters. I want them to be unlockables. The next Smash DLC fighter has been revealed and will be available June 29th. That... Uh, this is where we're going to get our top three for the evening of top three uh, characters. There's there's five left that they're unveiling for the second round of DLC. We're going to drop our top three characters we hope it is, uh, or at least would want it to be for the second round. And really, our, our imaginations can go anywhere. But we knew it was going to be an arms fighter for this first character. They announced that back in the March Nintendo Mini Direct. They said, more information coming in June. And we got it. We got a 35-minute blowout. Of Min Min from Arms, uh, Min Min was the was the heavily most rumored character, but there's something special about Min Min being this character that they have unveiled as now the new the new playable character in Smash. And Arms has its cult following; it sold over a million copies. Um, the the creator of the game said, "I want Min Min," so you know. That's how she got into the game and you can customize her arms for her dragon and the other cool stuff that she does. But for me, the biggest thing that this did for smash was previously Min Min was a spirit and there has never been a spirit in this game that has made it to the, to the main roster. Anytime there was a spirit, it basically deconfirmed them from being a fighter similar to assist trophies. Like Springman is an assist trophy, but people are like, well, fuck it. They're probably going to put him in and assist trophies will just be off limits or on limits. I should say no longer off limits. And like, that's where one of my three in our list comes from because he is currently an assist character and I want him to be in the roster. But like now this tells me that no one is off limits. Even the 1400 spirits in the game because Min Min was a spirit and now she's joining the fighting roster starting June 29th. So this Monday you can get her as a part of the fighters pass, or you can buy her individually. Um, just a couple quick things. She's got a great final smash where all the fighters from arms join her in it. Uh, her unique gameplay style is really cool. The a and B buttons for her. They don't do attacks like normally the a button controls one arm and the B button controls another arm. That's a completely different way of playing. Yeah. I like that. It's cool. Uh, it's it's a brand new way to think of a fighter. You can customize and change her type of arms, just like in the game. And then they also announced some me costumes. They announced Ninjara from Arms. They announced Hihachi from Tekken. They announced Callie and Marie from Splatoon. They announced Vault Boy from Fallout. How the hell he made it into the game is crazy. Um, and there is something, like I said, that needs even more attention. That spirits now no longer deconfirm you from being a character in the game. 
So excited for this. Really was hoping it was going to be Min Min. She is probably the character with the most personality in the game. So I'm really happy they went this direction. Um, but that does lead us down the path of our top three characters we hope to see in the Smash DLC. My number three, I want to conquer the squirrel. That's a good one. He's owned now by Microsoft, but we got Banjo, so it's totally doable. And did you know that KB Toys did not sell this game because of the mature content? I did. Okay, I, I didn't know that. I made a note of that. I said, huh, I didn't know that. I figured you might have, but just in case. Yeah, but I, yeah I, I, was, I always liked that game. I always liked the crazy, raunchy style and old-school graphics. So go, go, go with my boy. I could see Conker's like recovery being him spinning his tail to kind of float up in the air, kind of like tails a little bit. For yeah, and, and shoot guns or something like that. Or throw poop because that's what he does throw, in the game. Yeah, throw poop, throw a bomb, whatever. Yeah, I, I could see that. My number three, and this is this is way out there, uh, but we have Ken, we have Ryu, we have Snake. We have a bunch of characters that you'd never thought you'd see in Smash. So why the hell wouldn't you add Scorpion? No, you're, you're not wrong. Cool character. As much as I want Sub-Zero, I like Sub-Zero better. Um, Sub-Zero is probably my all-time favorite, maybe Reptile. But as much as I like those better, I think Scorpion is just like, he's the face of that franchise. And if any Mortal Kombat fighter ever made it into Smash, just logically, I think it would be Scorpion. So that's why Scorpion's technically on my list. Because if so facto, if it were to happen, it's got the most reality. Um, obviously it'd be a little toned down. He would use his, I mean, they got Castlevania in the game who has Dracula and Oh, by the way, death. So like if Scorpion were to be in the game, it's, it's realistic. There wouldn't be any fatalities, no head rips, no skull of fire. I can see him coming out with the, the hand chain thing to get over here. There just wouldn't be any blood or anything like that. I can see that as a, as a move kind of like arms a little bit, but it would be doable. I'd put this one at like a 1 to 1. 1.5 out of 10 in, in possibility, though. Yeah. My number two, I went with Shadow. I That'd was be all right. I was always a fan of Shadow, and, and obviously the Sonic games, he didn't make his appearance until I believe a 1. I'm surprised so, you didn't go Knuckles or Tails, or even Mr. Nah, Robotnik. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably more of a Shadow guy, but Knuckles is, is definitely number three. But yeah. I, I think you know, we, we I believe we have Sonic, right? So yeah. why not have so why not have Shadow? Yeah, I I thought you'd actually want Jim Carrey as Mr. Robotnik in the game. Yeah, so. yeah that, that's that's what I would love. That. <laughs> but no, even though even though I did like him in the movie. Uh my number two is Crash Bandicoot. Uh we just talked and about Crash my, Bandicoot. My number one. Awesome. Um it's totally doable. Uh he is owned by Activision, um, I believe. So he's not tied to PlayStation exclusively. He's not tied to Xbox exclusively and the insane trilogy and crash team racing both came to the switch. I also think four will eventually come to switch. They it's probably really intense. So they probably have to downgrade it a little bit. So they'll find a way to do that. Uh, maybe not. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, cause it is just a 2d platformer. So I, I hope that it comes to switch and I can see it. If the game does come to switch it happens with that announcement. Like if they announce the game, hey, Crash is coming to, to Switch. Oh, by the way, we have something else for you. And then they show him as the in the trailer. So I could totally see that that's the reason they didn't announce the new one for Switch yet is because they're holding it off for announcing Crash for Switch or for Smash. That's a little bit of a pipe dream. But I think of my three, 
even with my number one, this has the most realistic possibility of happening. No, I, I could definitely see it happening. Do you have any other reasons Crash was your number one? No, nah, dude. Crash is kind of it's, it's making his resurgence, getting a new game, the insane trilogy, the, the racing game. I mean, why not? Why not take advantage of him kind of coming back? I think it's, it's, it's a smart idea. Strike while the iron's hot. Bring Crash. My number one is the most obvious answer on the planet. It will not shock you or anyone. Uh, he is currently an assist trophy in the game, but guess what? Minmin was a spirit, and now she's a fighter. Give me Waluigi. Yeah, I, I did. As soon as I saw him on the list, I was like, okay, there's Greg's one. That is so easily my number one. And there was a poll recently taken where Crash actually finished number one. Uh, Waluigi finished, I think, in the top 10. I think number seven-ish, something like that. So the fans... Yeah, I, saw, I saw my boy Dante get number five. Yeah, the fans want him. Sora from from uh, Kingdom Hearts was up there on the list. I, I think, just feel like four. you have so many people with swords. Like, I'm good. Like, Dante's my boy. Keep him in Del Mike Cry. Yeah, but Dante could use guns. Yeah, but nah. <laughs> yeah, but nah. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know what Waluigi would use outside of his height. And I, I don't know. I'm thinking that because like Wario has a motorcycle and that's kind of his signature that it was a little easier to put him in the game because he could use that to his advantage. Waluigi doesn't really have anything like that. But for me, Waluigi made his first ever appearance in Mario Tennis on Nintendo 64. Give him oh, a, dude, I swear I was thinking of a, a goddamn tennis give racket. Give him a tennis racket. People with tennis balls, 100%. 100%. I would love it. That would be my number one all day is Waluigi. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to campaign for that until it happens. Yeah, good goal. Definitely tweet that one out. Oh, and we also saw the Marvel's Avengers War Table. It was a half hour. It's on the entire thing is on our Facebook page right now. If you want to go over there, we podcast and we know things on Facebook. You can check it out. Um, uh, I'm going to steal a line from you. I was completely and totally whelmed. Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I, I did, and I. I I don't even know if I was whelmed. Um, I I thought it looked okay. I definitely it saw looked better. It, yeah, I was gonna say I saw the improvements. Um, I mean, which which they had to do. I mean, it, it, the game before that looked horrendous, but I feel like now it doesn't look horrendous. I feel like it, they actually cleaned it up and polished it a little bit. And I think I think it looks pretty good, but I still think I'm gonna pass on the game. They also cl- very clearly listened to the community who said. We don't want an online fucking game. Like we want a we want single player. And now yeah. they're still keeping a lot of that spirit on uh the the multiplayer, the co-op stuff with friends, but they have absolutely added a lot of single player content and like hero story missions of like, hey, you're playing as Thor for this one and Captain America for this one. And that wasn't in the original plan. So that's uh, clearly we know where the delay came from now. The game was supposed to be out already. So that's Nito Skeeto, but in watching, they, they showed a trailer, looked okay. I was still in at that point, and then they showed an eight-minute or nine-minute Thor mission. And Yeah, you're just Thor, the god of thunder, swinging your thunder, blowing shit up. And that's all it was, and yeah. I, I get it. You don't want to overplay the Avengers story, and they're trying to introduce AIM and all this other stuff into it, but... When I am playing as Thor with a name tag on his shirt. Um, Don Blake. Yeah, I, which is a nice little Easter egg. But like, 
if I'm watching this trailer, I'm watching this gameplay, and as he's swinging around the hammer and, and killing dudes or hurting dudes or whatever, he's doing one-liners. And he's going back and forth with witty quips with Iron Man. And I thought to myself, he's like mid-swing and he's talking about baseball or whatever. Like To me, that stuff, the corny one-liners that you talk while you fight works really well in movies. But it yeah. is so distracting in a game and I don't want it. And at that point, I was like, I'm out. I'm, I'm out on this one for now. Yeah, I mean, I, I was already from the beginning of this game. I was already passing on. I, I'm glad. I'm glad to see that they did improve some stuff, but it, it didn't sway my opinion at all. Yeah, this was on my list of top three things I was looking forward to most this year. That list has pretty much turned out to be a dud because dispatches from elsewhere turned out to be just mediocre at best. Um, after a really good pilot, uh, this game I'm out on now <laughs> when it was my number one. And then my number two was the Soprano sequel movie, which I don't know if we're even getting this year anymore. And we're definitely not getting it in theaters. We, we might, but theaters are fucked. So yeah, like, but they don't know yet. I, I, it's just like my, this was a very rough list for me for things I was looking forward to this year. Uh, but it is confirmed for PS5 and Xbox Series X that you can get the upgrade to that. Uh, so it's coming to current and next-gen consoles. Um I'm assuming that'll be through two SKUs or you'll get the free upgrade. If you buy the current gen version and you want to upgrade to the new one, you can get the free upgrade there. Uh, it's just, I'm sure it's going to sell well. I'm sure it's going to make a lot of Marvel fans happy. I am at this time, not going to be one of them. Yeah. Same. Next thing we got to see was the night city wire recap. Yeah. This was for cyberpunk 2077 CD project red. They delayed it, uh, which they should have a couple weeks ago, 100%. A lot of things going on in the world that are more important. Um, but Night City yeah. Wire, we finally got it. It was a 25 to 30-minute presentation uh, blowout of Cyberpunk 2077. They said, this is just episode one. We're going to get another one in a couple weeks. So very happy. We'll see if we continue to cover all of them um, in detail. I mean, we'll, we'll see. These things are becoming more and more prevalent to whereas yeah. maybe they're just quick hitters as opposed to like, let's dive in deep and go through everything. This one, I'm not going to go through everything. I'm just going to go to the big announcements. They showed off a brand new trailer. I thought it looked absolutely effing stunning. This yep. game looks to be the prettiest game on PlayStation four. So, uh, and I get it. Extreme it's, detail. it's, it's very late in the cycle. So I get why it looks pretty. It's, it's literally maxing out the machine's capabilities, but this game looks fucking gorgeous. Yeah. I, I, what I listened to Alana Pierce 25 minute and basically she said that that was the best thing about it which is so beautiful she did encounter some bugs so I know that they are still fixing them so the game's not fully complete yet so yeah you know, they still got some fine tuning to do they did say from a story perspective that the game is done but there are still tweaks to work out when you have such a big living city so we get it yeah um, it is now coming out in November but really really pretty trailer then they went through some boring stuff where the, the developers came out and they talked through some other story stuff. They they did slip something in there, which I was really excited to, to hear, that uh, the Keanu Reeves character, you don't meet him until after the first mission, and he has the second most dialogue in the entire game. That's awesome. So he's in it, hopefully, most all the game. Yeah, and, and then when he is, he's going to be talking. So you're going to get a lot of Keanu, which is good. I think that's actually a cameo that I'm excited for I, I don't love it when games put in actors because they always make them look like they do in real life and it kind of takes you out of it but but keanu reeves with a robotic 
animatronic arm or whatever. I'm in. That's cool. Hey, he's a Winter Soldier. I'm good. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good combo. All right, good comp. I like that. Uh, the game will be getting a robust, free next-gen update. So you'll be getting that. You can upgrade it to the new gen of consoles, and it'll actually come with really meaty stuff outside of just here. It looks better. They didn't go into details of what that is yet, but they will go into that soon. Um, and I think the most interesting thing that came out of this was in 2022, we're going to be getting Cyberpunk Edge Runners, a brand new anime based on Cyberpunk 2077 and Night City from Trigger, who is a Japanese basically anime producing company, and it's coming to Netflix for free in 2022. I'm looking very forward to that anime. I think that was the most hyped thing for me because I think I'm more of an anime guy for this world than an actual gameplay. We we talked about this before the show. Now I've pre-ordered the game. Um, I'm very happy and, and cannot wait for it. it, it this it got me excited. Um, that trailer just blew me away in every way possible. They did this. It's this thing called like I think it's called Brain Dance. I have it written down here. Um, yeah, Cyberpunk Brain Dance, where you can actually relive events in the game through other people's brains, even if you didn't. It's like a way to mind control and like put yourself in other people's shoes. It's kind of a cool new concept uh, or way to like transfer who who you play as. You can even like edit the scene and fuck with it and use it as evidence collecting. And there's neat things you can do in it. So I, I like that. Um, but it <clears throat> this game is going to be huge it's going to be very big very robust oh, yeah. and I, we were talking before the show and i said this i wouldn't be surprised if even when i buy the game if i actually enjoy it more watching somebody else play it just seems like that type of game for me oh wow i don't know i i i will play it i will buy it but i don't have 75 i mean i just put 100 in the pokemon don't get me wrong well, like, I don't have 75 hours. No, yeah, and, and that's kind of another reason why I'm not. I'm not going to dedicate all the time. I don't have the space for my PS4. To me, it's it's Pokemon is an existing franchise that I love and I know, so I'm happy to dedicate the time. This is a brand new IP with brand new characters and brand new world. 75 hours is a hell of an investment. I'm guessing on the time. I actually I don't know how long it'll actually be, but I have to imagine you're going to be in this world for a long time with how big this game is. And I'm just not there yet. I'm going to be happy to watch somebody else do it in the background while I'm working or something. I, I don't know. But it was a very good presentation, and I am still very, very hyped for Cyberpunk. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 has been announced by Inti Creates. We've had Matt Papa on from Inti Creates on the show before for an interview. Go check that out in our feed. Just scroll down to you see bonus episode. Matt Papa, Inti Creates. They did Mega Man 9. They did Mega Man 10. I can't remember if they did both or just one of them. They did Gale Gun. They did Mighty Gunvolt Burst on the Switch, one of my favorite games on the Switch. Uh, we love that company, and we love Matt. He's a great guy. They made this announcement. By the way, they did the first Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. It's a Castlevania clone, and it looked and played amazing, one of my favorite games of, I think, 2018 uh, on the Switch. And now they announced a sequel with all new characters outside of Gametsu, the, the main character. All new supporting characters. They have a full trailer. It looks stunning. 2D 8-bit, like the old Nintendo days, cannot wait for this one. Nintendo will reportedly be moving away from mobile games to focus on console experiences. They said that with the 
Uh, well, the rumor and the insiders say, I shouldn't say Nintendo has said, the rumors and the insiders have said that because of Animal Crossing's success, they want to refocus their efforts on the console space because there's a lot of money to be made there. And like Animal Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and all the the Fire Emblems and the other stuff that Nintendo's done on mobile outside of like Mario Run have just been kind of mediocre. Mario Run is a is an enormous success for them. And it's good. I haven't played it in two years because I just kind of forget about it. Mobile games and I are just, we're not very symbiotic. I play them very sparingly. And when I do, it's for like a couple minutes and I don't even save the progress. I just, it's like a time waster for me. So I'm glad that they're going back and focusing on the consoles. Animal Crossing New Horizons is getting two free summer updates. The first of which is hitting on July 3rd. And all I got to say is I looked up some of the things available. I am still out on Animal Crossing. I'm not going back, but we do recognize that a lot of our fans and a lot of you listen to this show. You also play Animal Crossing, so we'd be remiss not to report on this. But you can dive off of your freaking dock now. Like you can go swim in the ocean. That's pretty cool. I know you can do that in a previous Animal Crossing game or two, but you couldn't do that in this one. You literally are on a deserted island and you can't swim in the ocean that surrounds your entire habitat. Well, that's changing coming July 3rd. Go enjoy a nice dip in the ocean. Why don't you? Okay. <laughs> Have fun. Ready at dawn acquired by Facebook to make Oculus VR content. And if you're asking yourself, I know who ready at dawn is. What did they do? They did the order 1886, which was a, it was a PS4 either launch title or really close to launch. Yeah. yeah I, know, I know the game you're speaking of. And it was, absolutely shit on in every single aspect except for its visuals its visuals were literally revolutionary and people said this is the first time i can actually see a difference between ps3 and ps4 so from a from a visual perspective ready at dawn is top notch but now they're going to go make vr content for the oculus on facebook just seems to me like a little wasted potential i would have liked to seen in order 1886 sequel Done right and fully fleshed out, but we're, we're never going to see that now. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Let's move into the movie section, and this is something I'm just going to let you go, man, because I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I think I know them. I'm psyched for it. Michael Keaton is reportedly, 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 reportedly in talks to play Batman in the Flashpoint movie. Comic book is saying that Keaton is not really signed yet, but he is heavy in talks and it's just a matter of time. I mean, what a great move if it's true. I mean, Keaton said way before in the past that he's obviously done with the role as Batman, but to come back on Flashpoint and, and see, when I think I see something like this, I think of like the end scene of Flashpoint. I don't know if you ever read the comic, but I don't want to say what, what happens, but it's such a touching scene, and to have Michael Keaton, who really kind of, you know, Adam West was like the joke version. Michael Keaton was kind of more serious, like the that it's like that started the the craze the craze of Batman Revolution '89. Uh, what a great move if he comes on! Like hell yeah, sign me up! I can't wait for this movie. Uh, and and again, it's tough to talk about this because if we do, then you're you ultimately almost have to spoil the Flashpoint comics, which we're not going to do. Yeah, which is why I didn't want to say the ending. Which it, it, it's such a beautiful moment, and and also the rumors that uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan is going to be back as Thomas Wayne. So it's like. Uh, just literally take my freaking money and make this, please. 
Now the Flashpoint film has been, or the Flash's movie. We we don't, you know, at this point it looks like it's a Flashpoint film, but for a little bit there, we we were unsure. It's gone through a slew of directors, a slew of writers, a lot of reach, like a lot of rescripting or, or starting anew with new scripts. So this movie's had its ups, a lot more downs. This is the type of movie that could use like the giant casting blowout, like hit us with every big name. Now, you know me, I'm not an Ezra Miller guy. I'm fucking out on him. hundred uh, percent. Maybe, maybe Zack Snyder will make him look a little better, but uh, to give us Keaton and potentially a, a Jeffrey Dean Morgan, like blow us out of the water with these awesome cameos and awesome comebacks. You now have Vulture from Marvel and in DC, another actor who's already gone across because he was 1989 Batman back into the DC realm going full circle where he started in the comic book movies. This is a dream come true and something that the Flashpoint movie or the Flash movie, we again, we're still speculating, could really use. Yeah, this will bring old fans, new fans. I mean, come on. It's it's Keaton who started everyone's freaking love for DC or even Batman even. So just, yeah, make this movie, please. Where do you rank Keaton in your all-time Batman? Probably two. Behind uh, Bale? Yeah. Where's Affleck land? I'm just curious. Three? Probably three. Yeah. I'm excited where you f- where you ultimately put Pattinson. I'm excited. For yeah, me, me too. Because, I mean, again, I, I, it could be my, my mood, too, that if I'm in the mood for a darker, gritty Batman, maybe, you know, Affleck will be two. And then, you know, it, it just all depends on my mood. But right, right, right now, he'd be number three. Keith, my, my now, now, again, we don't want to spoil the Flashpoint comic series or any of those plot points. But let's say this is real. Okay. Is there a possibility that Keaton is in multiple DC projects after this and maybe even including Matt Reeves, Batman? Well, I don't know if he could be there, but I, I thought uh, Charlie on Emergency Awesome, I thought he said Keaton might be possibly looking at a multiple little cameo role in DC. So you never know. What? But what do you think? Nah, I, I think just keep him with Flashpoint 1 and done, seal it. I would agree. I tend to go there too. As hype as it would be, it's hype because he's in it once. It would be a lot less so if he's if he becomes I recurring. Mean, unless they decide to do a Batman Beyond movie, then hell yes, sign <laughs> the old man Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah, and you get Terry McGinnis. Yeah, I'm in. Now IGN came out and had an exclusive trailer for a new DC animated film coming this summer, Superman: Man of Tomorrow. Have you had a chance to watch that trailer? I did. I, I saw the behind the scenes feature out when I saw it, just like dark. What'd you think? Um, it's a little bit different animation style. It kind of took me a little uh, few minutes just to kind of get used to it. Um, but I think it's it's kind of the, the retelling of Superman. That they're they're trying to like start fresh here. Obviously, with just like dark coming out, that was the end of that one. This is their first one. Um, it's it's a whole new cast. You have Alexandra Daddario as uh, Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. I forget who's playing Superman, but he's a new guy, a guy I don't know. And Lex Luthor is being voiced by Zachary Quinto. So it's I believe it's a good cast. Animation looks decent, and I'm gonna buy it because I buy all the DCs animated anyway. So I can't wait to see it. Zachary Quinto from Heroes, at least yeah. season one. I loved him in that show. He was and, a great, great Star villain. Trek, yeah. Great. Oh yeah, he was Khan, right? Not yeah. Khan. No, no, not Khan. That was um, He was uh, Spock. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, We also on our Facebook have a trailer up on there for the Kingsman, the third film in the Kingsman franchise. This is the Kingsman. Uh, It's the, uh, the prequel of the, of the trilogy. What do you think? I think it looks pretty good. I, I think it could already be better than the second one. The second one, I just thought they lost me on it. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Think the first one just kind of came out of nowhere, blew me away. The second one, I just thought that was just super forgettable. So I think hopefully they could find their footing again and make, make make a good third one. I think the first one was a nine out of ten. I think the second one was a five. I think I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's about right. It didn't blow me away, but you know what did? Twister. Twister is getting a reboot. Yeah, it's. You wait. Hold on. Show me some appreciation for the for the blow me away segue. Come on. you can't make this stuff up. No, it just when you say Twister, it's it's funny because I legit just rewatched it again. Maybe not even last week because it was on TV and I. I, It it was. It's on Netflix. The first five minutes. It's on Netflix. So it's like you know, got me thinking about Bill Paxton, his passing. It's like there's another who who else was in there that passed? Uh, the the nerd. Oh my god. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's you know it it just brought up that and it's like do I want another sequel? I'm not sure. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm fifty fifty on it. I'm it's so I don't think it's a sequel. I think it's actually going to just be a new twister like. Yeah, we t- yeah, but but still after I, just seeing it, you know, I was like ah man. I'm good on Twister. Twister's really bad and good at the same time. Um, it's like a good. Oh, yeah, even when Pax was on podcasts, there's things that he regrets on that they changed that were different. But it, it I still think it holds up. It's still a, a good film. It's, and I'm, yeah. who, who am I kidding? I'm probably going to see the reboot. It's good, but we haven't had a really good natural disaster movie in a long time. Like there used to be one every few months. I mean, you had pa- uh, Dante's Peak, you had Pompeii, you had Volcano, you had Twister. You know, all these movies hit like then you had 2012 and that kind of was like the end of it. Like we haven't had a good natural disaster in a while. I'm looking forward to this. Maybe a day after tomorrow was probably one of the best ones. That was the best one, I think, in my opinion. Good call. Um Jake Gyllenhaal and fucking Emmy Rossum. Come on now. Great yep. cat. Dennis Quaid, I think, too. Um so I'm looking forward to that aspect of it because a good tornado movie, I I always felt weird being in the theater watching a disaster movie because I think to myself, is it happening outside? Like, what if there's a twister that just blows right through the theater? It, it's it's a cool uh, thing. I just hope they don't go, like, straight remake from the first one because I really don't want to see two people chained to a pipe in a barn with the biggest tornado of all time just doing nothing to them. Doing yeah. nothing. <laughs> They're just calm in the middle of a tornado. Give me a break. That was rough to watch. SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run is skipping theaters for a VOD release. VOD is video on demand. It will then stream exclusively on CBS All Access beginning in early 2021. Nothing really here from a SpongeBob fan perspective because I'm not one, but it's just yet another movie saying hola, sayonara to the theater and hitting VOD and then streaming. I mean, it makes sense. You know, I would do it sooner rather than later while all the kids and everyone's home and just take advantage of it. The most hype news of the night. We're getting a sequel 20 years after the original to Chicken Run, baby. We're getting Chicken Run 2 coming to Netflix. Talking about a sequel that came out of nowhere that we probably don't need. I could not agree with you more. Like, <laughs> holy shit. But I had, I had to report on it because I saw Chicken Run in theaters as a kid. We, I think we all did. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it was theaters, but I know I definitely saw it as a kid. But Sam, okay, I guess we're getting the sequel. Let's move into television. Uh, did you have an opportunity to watch season two, episode one of the Doom Patrol? I did. I did. What'd you think? So it looked like the first. I think it was the first three episodes were available in DC Universe. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw, but I only had time to watch the first one. And again, I really freaking liked it. Um, and, and another, I guess, Doom Patrol character is added, and I actually really like her. She has some, um, how do you want to say? She has like these like secret friends that are she can bring out, I guess, when she wants to or when she kind of has certain emotions. If it's anger, you know, fear, or happiness, whatever. But again, it's everyone has their moments of, of robot man of, you know, Brenda Fraser making me laugh cyborg, having his moments, Rita going with, she's going through and, and, and every little character has their little arc. And I just thought, boom, they, they kicked off season two at like exactly where they left off. And, and, I, and I'm back on board. Funny. Yeah. Funny. You do. Like I said, Brenda Fraser definitely has a couple good lines in there that I think you're going to crack on. Uh, the first season was raunchy and a little like, um, Dark oh, at God, times. No, no. There's curse words, trust me. Like I said, they picked up exactly where they left off. Like, they didn't miss a beat. Good, good, good. Um, I canceled my DC Universe subscription a while back. Yeah, so. I know, I know you did. And I don't have HBO Max where the season is available. So I'm I'm definitely up to creek without a paddle on this one. So I'm just going to be relying on you to text me that you still enjoy it. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted. By the way, still really liking Stargirl. Yeah, dude, the last episode, I freaking loved it. Yeah, that was probably my favorite one so far. Like, I'm it's not my pick of the week. Obviously, this week, it's already said something, but like that eventually will be on there because I really think everyone should give this give this show a chance. It's it is really good. It's cheesy outside, like when you really look at it, and that and the brother character still bothers me. And they clearly he's he's, he stepped up with with his science project. He did, he did, he did. The volcano was cool. I, I will tell you though, they are absolutely in bed with Pop Tarts. That is the second time this series that they've talked about them, and the box yeah. is just. Oh, 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 Pop-Tart needs some love. I get you, but there's multiple boxes just strewn about the house that are open, and you see them everywhere. And it's like, be a little less overt with your product placement, just like a little bit. But other Pop-Tarts, than that, Pop Tarts, I love it. <laughs> I have Send listen. My way. I have like six boxes in my pantry now, but they're in my pantry. They're not just strewn about my kitchen table. Well, uh, hear that. Send them to me. I'll actually eat them. You're, you live around the corner. You can come get them whenever you want. Pokemon Journeys, the series is out. And I have some impressions. I watched four episodes. I think it's only like 10. It's a different style of Pokemon anime. It's not a full season. Uh, him going through the Gala region or anything like that. It's kind of Ash. Uh, instead of going to be a Pokemon master, wants to be a Pokemon researcher. So it's like a different take on it. And like... If you remember in the anime, the original anime, he shows up late and he oversleeps the day he's supposed yep. to become a trainer and that's how he gets Pikachu. Yeah. They actually go into that as like a little inside joke and tell you why he overslept and stuff. Like it's pretty neat from that aspect, but that's about where the good star- uh, starts and stops. It's really all over the place. It's really difficult to like get into these new voice actors. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever could. Not that, like, not to big. say, not to say it's what I, it's not what I had in my childhood. So I hate it. That's not the reason. I just flat out just don't like them. Um, they're just kind of annoying. It's not because they're not Veronica Taylor. It's because they're not good. Uh, 
And the storytelling is kind of all over the place. They make the friend character go really fucking pompous and really annoying. And I can't really like him at all. He's a very unlikable character. And I think that's why I'm out. I think that's why I'm not going to go back. The Pokemon look cool. The art looks cool. Um, It's just, it's not what I was hoping for. And so after four episodes, I'm, now you gave it a you gave it a fair shake. I gave it the old college try, as they yeah, say. That's all. Uh, Lucifer season five will debut at least part one will debut August twenty first, and now has officially been renewed for a final season six. Yeah, it was it was being rumored a while that they were in talks to uh, Tom Ellis about extending his contract to doing. You know, I know they said the fifth was the final, but now they're saying yes, they did get signed for the sixth season. It is the final, so it's good to know that. We are getting um, a six, six and final season. And also, I believe they announced that season five drops on Netflix. I believe it was kind of the end of August. I said it already, August 21st. Okay, it's August 21st. So and that's only out. part one. Yeah, so I think it's what, eight? I think it's eight episodes. Eight episodes. Two yeah, eights, so eight ep- yeah. Yeah, so you get a little taste, a little tease. And, it, it, you know, I, I can't wait because it ended off on, on such an awesome cliffhanger. So I cannot wait to binge the shit out of this. Another show on Netflix that we can't wait to binge Cobra Kai season three has found a home and that will be Netflix and seasons one and two will be coming sometime. I believe in late 2020 or 2021, which is perfect. I'm actually so glad that I, I that I waited. So I'll get the, a chance to literally binge the first three seasons. Perfect. I was, I was, selfishly hoping for Hulu just so you wouldn't be able to watch it. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> Let me enjoy my little pleasure. The Witcher season two is set to resume production on August 17th. Um, but we're seeing a resurgence across our country and world of the coronavirus. I, I wonder if this is still going to happen. Yeah, we're what's that, June 25th. Yeah, two months basically. Yeah, so I know Florida numbers are going up. Philly, I think we're going up. I mean, I hopefully where they're filming at, maybe it's uh, just like a, a location that they're good. Like Poland? I think it's like Poland. So maybe maybe that's why they'll, they'll have the advantage there. Obviously, they'll probably be in the woods and shit. But <laughs> That's I mean, the best analysis you've ever dropped. They're going to be in the woods <laughs> and shit. I want to I want to snip that out forever. Well, just come on, just give me, give me the Witcher season two. <laughs> it's ten thirty at so night. Long. It's ten thirty at night. I, I know. I got yeah, you. Dude, I've been up since four thirty. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I got you. Uh, AB. This one's for Greg. ABC is rebooting Supermarket Sweep. Uh, one of my no, favorite this, shows this of all is, time. This is. I, I know you absolutely love this show. I I remember watching as a kid. I always freaking loved. I loved it. I just never why understood why they never went for like the crazy high end items. They just picked up the cheap stuff. But I understand it's a TV show. But I, I'll I'll definitely have to check this out. So every a lot of I won't say every a ton of episodes are available on Amazon Prime for nothing. So you can watch them there. And there's a YouTube channel dedicated to all the old episodes. From every year, there's 300 and something episodes available for free on YouTube that some one person has uploaded in really good quality. So if you ever wanted some nostalgia, please go back and check it out. It will be my pick of the week shortly because I've just never stopped watching it. I love Supermarket Sweep and I love watching it with family and friends. So like we have family parties for Father's Day. We went over Ashley's parents' house. What did we do? We watched Supermarket Sweep while Helena played on the floor. So, like, super fun. for a month? 
quarantine. Yeah, right. You you were still in quarantine. This is month four now, people. Uh, it will be Sundays at eight this fall. It will be hosted by Leslie Jones. That's the downside. Um, Leslie Jones to me is one of the most unfunny people. I can remember having the, I guess, displeasure of watching. I just don't enjoy her or her comedy. I can think of about 6 billion people on the planet earth that would be more suited for the role. But at the same time, I've never seen her in a hosting role before more just of the like kind of uh, comic relief character or her role in ghostbusters, which just wasn't a good movie. So uh, I'm interested to see how she handles the reality show host role. And I'll give her a chance on that before I pass judgment on how she does for supermarket suite. Yeah. You got to give it a fair shake. I can't wait for this dude. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm going to set my DVR like months in advance to record every episode, even the repeats. And I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. I'm just going to enjoy the shit out of this. I cannot wait. Uh, Let's move into two more stories before we get into Sam CGC spotlight. They are both book related. And the first one, my impressions and review of rock bottom at the Renaissance an emo kids journey through falling in and out of love in and with New York City City by Emmy award-winning producer, music journalist, and writer Mike Henneberger, who we actually had on the pod earlier tonight. His uh, bonus episode, his interview, is dropping Monday, June 29th, so a couple days after hopefully you're hearing this episode. If you're listening to this episode after June 29th, when you're done this episode, just let it keep playing because then that one will play. I hope. I hope. I think that's the way podcasts go. Uh, but check it out in the feed. Bonus episode interview with Mike Henneberger. This is, listen, the front cover is a picture of headphones, an open bottle of pills, an alcohol, bottle of alcohol, and a typewriter. Um, and I, I mentioned what it to Mike. <laughs> I, I mentioned it to Mike. I said, listen, I personally don't connect with everything in this book, but I connect with a lot of it. And you don't need to be a fan of something in order to connect with it. And you don't need to connect with everything in a story in order to like that story. There are pieces of Pokemon I don't like. There are pieces of Bioshock where I'm like, okay, I would have gone a different way on that. So like I'm even like Breaking Bad, maybe. I don't know. That show's pretty perfect. But for me, I look at headphones, pills, alcohol, typewriter. I'm two for four. Now you make your own judgment on which two that is. That's fine. You might know me, you might not. I'll tell you, it's the music and the typewriter. I am a writer at heart. I love to write. I love music. Music inspires me. And there's a lot of dark shit in this book um, that drew me in. The anxieties, the depressions, the things I feel, the things I've gone through day over day for the past 12, 14 years now, I've been battling with a lot of this stuff. So I get that. To me, this is he calls it a mixtape memoir. What I love about it is he takes songs by Bayside and The Dangerous Summer. And yes, even admittedly brand new. And he talks about that in our interview of why he still chose brand new, even even through all the stuff that's happened with him. Uh, And Jimmy World and these bands that we grew up loving. And he takes the lyrics of the song and writes them out and then tells true life stories about like things that happen in accordance of those lyrics. It's kind of nuts the way he blends that together. Um, it really hit for me in the Bayside chapters because Bayside is one of my favorite bands of all time. And I'm reading his work and I'm reading the lyrics of the song, singing the song in my head as I'm reading it. And and then understanding 
his way of interpreting those lyrics because I interpret them one way. He interprets them another and has the, the gumption to write it down on paper where I just sit there and talk about it on a podcast. Or throw out the, or throw out the paper. <laughs> yeah, right, or throw out the paper. Uh, for me, this was a stunning, gripping memoir that's not sunshine. It's not rainbows. It has a final chapter that will blow your fucking socks off, and it does not necessarily have to end happily. Um, this is a book filled with despair, filled with dark thoughts, filled with things that you wouldn't expect. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And we, again, we get into a lot of that in the interview. Um, but this book, it took me a couple chapters, admittedly. And I told you that. I said the first couple chapters are good, but there's just a little too much drinking, a little too much drugs for me to really connect with. Yeah. Um, but then after he does that and he gets into the music piece and he talks about uh, a sleazy night in a hotel room or, you know, again, battling mental illness, you know, anxiety, you know, it pulls no punches. It'll take, it'll knock you on your ass and take your wallet. Like that was, yeah. that's a pretty brilliant line. And like he said, anxiety has no logic. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you're right. I have anxiety over the movie click and finding Nemo. And that's what makes me anxious. Who knows why? But like, that's, it's, it's like it, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no bias in with anxiety. Yeah. So it, it's a book about that. And, he said, it's not a book for fans that like to read. It's a book for music fans. It's a book for people that are looking for an escape with, you know, some mental health things. So like, that's what really drew me into it. And I have to say, I'm not a huge book reader. I told him this, my bookshelf, you know, of the like 11 sections, half of one is mine. I don't have a lot of books, but this is going to be one of my favorites at the end of the day. I really liked it after a, a first two chapters or so, one or two chapters that really I didn't connect with it, so I didn't really super get into it, but I kept going and I'm glad I did. It turned out to be a phenomenal book that I'm really happy I, I took the time to read. Glad you enjoyed it. And and it doesn't hurt that uh Mike listens to the pod and, and gave us a shout on a uh, personal shout out. Hey on the book, Good which name. is nice. He wrote uh let's see, I'll just read what he wrote when he sent me the copy. It said, Hey Greg, thanks for checking out. Uh, thanks for checking this out, man. And I really appreciate your support. I started listening to your podcast today and I'm stoked to be on it. Looking forward to hearing what you think. That was super Oh, cool. very cool. What a nice guy. I was very, very pleased by that. But that did not, and I say this in the interview, just because he wrote that or just because we interviewed him did not sway my opinion of the book and did not force me to think one way about it. I went into it objectively. Yeah. I came out up to it objectively and I'm very happy that I did. Yeah. Um, all right. Last thing of the night, Sam, before your CGC, George R. R. Martin hopes to have the winds of winter completed by next year. I mean, I would freaking hope we've been quarantined for four plus months. I, I'd like to think he's, he's freaking almost done the book. No way. I No way, dude. I still I mean, think I, I believe it. I mean, what you have no excuse. You're freaking home. Write the book. Period. Dude, famous people haven't been fucking quarantined like they like, give me a break. Yeah, but George, for a bigger guy, he's getting older in the years. <laughs> yeah, he's been sitting home writing. I I can see him sitting home at writing, but I can also see him sitting home writing like memoirs and shit because his days are not he doesn't have that much time left. Um he I, I don't know if I see this book at least completed, like ever coming out. They might like release what he has now. Um, or some fucking chimpy ass version, but like, man, I just find it hard to believe. This is one of those things. Until I see it, I don't believe it. 
I, I, I just, I have to have faith. That's I, all. I, I, I can't be negative. I hate to be cynical. I really do. But this is like, he, dude, we've been waiting fucking he, forever. He, he needs it after the, the, the show, the ending it have. He needs to, he needs to go out on the high note with these books. But even if it's completed this year, it's got to go through the massive editing process and rewrites and all the things that go, and then publishing and then printing and then uh, press and all the, this is still years away. Maybe I just don't but see hey, how it's going to be. As long thing. as he's done writing it, that's I'll I'll take it, man. I don't know. I don't, don't know. think too much in it, dude. I'm, I'm the show's over, so it's like I'm I'm good. I, I just I just Never want watch. I just want good Game of Thrones because the show just scorned me. So I hate to be cynical. That show just scorned me so hard at the end there. I I trust George. He 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 didn't screw us. The showrunners did. I went back. You're right about that. I went back. Recently, because uh, I put podcasts on while I'm working just to keep me busy. And I went back and I listened to all six of our Game of Thrones episodes from last year just to see if I still felt this way. And and I do. <laughs> I really do. He said same way. Yeah. All right, now uh, it's good. Sam, what's your CGC spotlight? CGC spotlight this week, a little different. Picked it up recently. I got John Carter, Warlord of Mars, number one. This is the first Marvel appearance of John Carter. Came out in June 1977. So a nice little Bronze Age book. I think it's a nice little minor key. Got a 9-8 White Pages newsstand edition. Marv Wolfman's story, Gil Kane and Dave Cockrum cover and art. Um, we I put, made a post about it, you know, about the movie, how much I, I thought it was underappreciated. I, I thought, un, you know, a lot of hate that I thought it didn't deserve. But I, I, I freaking love the movie. And I was like, you know what? I picked up this book pretty good. You know, pretty good price. Last sale was 115 There's only 184 nine eights, 249 sixes, and 83 nine fours. Total on the census, there's 596 copies graded. I just thought for, for the price, it, it, didn't, it didn't hurt me too bad. And I figured I'd pick it up. But he first appeared in a novel by Edgar Rice Burroughs in 1912. So he predates freaking Batman, Superman, the whole bunch. And <clears throat> in its in its entire run by Edgar Rice Burroughs from 1912 to 1964, there were a total of 11 novels in the series. This comic issue, however, ran for a total of 28 issues with three annuals. The entire series, with the exceptions, takes place between the third and fourth paragraph of Chapter 27 of Burroughs' novel, Princess of Mars. In 1978, it won the favorite new title, Eagle Award, which was awarded the UK fans of the comic book title and creators. So it's, like, it's good to see that this book was appreciated more than a lot of people. I feel like this book definitely deserves some more love. I mean, I know we'll never get the sequels of Andrew Stanton's John Carter. But I'll just have to settle for this. You got John Carter, Warlord of Mars, number one. That sounds interesting. Thank you for sharing. Of course. My All right. Pleasure. That was it, man. That was episode 192, I think. 192. Yep, yes. yes, sir. Whew. Didn't go as long as, as uh, I had anticipated before the show. But, you know, I'll take a little 90-minute nice little compact thing. We had a ton oh, of news packed oh, in there. I'll I'll totally take it because I, I can hear my bed calling my name. Go get some sleep, buddy. Thank you so much for staying up late and uh, and doing this tonight. I know that it was a late one for us. Yeah, 
You had to get it done, brother. There's a will, there's a, will, there's a way. Oh, I love that. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging on. Remember, Monday the 29th, Mike Henneberger, the interview drops for your ear biscuits. Uh, and for everybody else, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes, CastBox, wherever you get your audible goodness. It really helps the show grow. And it's completely free. Take two seconds. Please leave us the rating, especially the written review. Uh, that will help. We promise. It's the best way to support us um, outside of monetarily. If you'd like to do so monetarily, patreon.com slash squad, and you can help us out there. So we'll see you everybody next week for episode 193. Oh,